0: But when you know yourself, what you're going to realize is that you're a lot more capable than you've given yourself credit for.
1: Hello, hello. welcome back to Seek the Joy podcast. Happy Seek the Joy Thursday. I'm your host, Sydney Weiss, and on the podcast today, we are joined by Vasavi Kumar. She's the founder of the Real Rich Community. She's a licensed therapist and host of the Being Human with Vasavi podcast. And Vasavi leads the coaching industry with 10 years of experience, and she's helped thousands of women overcome major life obstacles to create new heights of success. Her work is really known internationally from speaking engagements in India and across the United States. And in today's conversation, we really dive into Vasavi's mental health journey, getting sober and just allowing herself to really get to know herself. We talk about what it means to allow ourselves to sit with our emotions and self-soothe, why relationships are often the biggest and greatest eye-opener, and the gift really of seeing yourself first, the role of mirror work and asking yourself what you need. We also talk about why we really need to start with self-like before we even get to self-love. Plus Vasavi shares the role of joy in her journey, her go-to mantra for self-love and self-compassion, her big biggest dream, and so much more. One of the reasons why I do this podcast is because I really want you to be able to live a happier, more joyful, and just ease-filled life, and so that's why I'm so happy to share that today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. The last year and a half, there is no doubt it's been difficult, and that's why I think now more than ever, it's important that we have reliable resources that we can turn to, and that's where BetterHelp comes in. So this is how it works. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. It's easy and free to change counselors if you don't think the person you're matched with is a good fit. And this service is available for people worldwide too. BetterHelp also offers a broad range of expertise in their counselor network. So you'll get timely and thoughtful responses. And you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions too. So... As a listener of Seek the Joy podcast, you will get 10% off your first month by going to betterhelp.com slash seek the joy. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash seek the joy. The link will also be included in our show notes. I think one of my biggest takeaways from today's conversation with Vasavi is that When we allow ourselves to see ourselves first and acknowledge and validate our own experience and emotions, we can step into greater self-trust. But here's the thing. We're all going to experience moments of adversity. Things are going to happen. We're going to have like the highest highs and then the lowest lows, but the gift is in those moments where we allow ourselves to keep going and love ourselves despite what it is that we're feeling or experiencing. And I think If we can continue to see ourselves first, we may just be surprised. At how capable we really are so as always i cannot wait to hear what you think about this one make sure to join the conversation on our social media channels instagram facebook twitter linkedin we are at seek the joy podcast everywhere hit follow wherever it is that you're tuning in and leave us a five star rating and review ratings and reviews really help the show get seen by new people and share with them what seek the joy podcast is all about Also, I want to mention that Vasavi and I did a podcast swap. So I'm going to be on her podcast, Being Human with Vasavi, um, pretty soon. And I'll link that once it goes live. So, all right, without further ado, let's dive into this one. Vasavi Kumar on the gift of seeing yourself first. I feel like you have been on a really incredible journey inward, getting to know yourself and then being able to share that gift and that journey with others. So this is a big question to start with, but how did you begin to form this relationship with yourself that you now have doing this, going on this journey inward and getting to know yourself? Where where did all of this start? I mean,
0: it it started when I was a kid. It did because I was a was and still am a highly, highly sensitive and, uh, empathetic person. And from a very young age, I, I didn't really feel safe in my house growing up. Uh, I could, f- it was very tense in my house mm-hmm. most of the time, um, for just, you know, reasons. Cause hello, adults don't know what they're doing. And, uh, I became acutely aware of how I felt from a very young age. And I also, made it my job as a child to regulate the emotions of the adults mm. in my life, and as a result of that, I became dysregulated, so I made it my mission to be the funny one, to be the pretty one, to be the the comical one, the performer, so everyone in the house the mood would be stable mm-hmm. but in the process i became i became unstable okay um and I'm going to say that because it's true i did i i, I became Emotionally volatile. I did. I, I had a very uh, short temper at a very young age, and rightfully so, because when you're giving so much of your little self to um, manage the adults around you, mm. um, and you're not being poured into, it happens. It's going to happen. Um, but then throughout my life, you know, starting from the, even the age of twelve into young adulthood, and you know, teenage years, and even in college, and even in my late thirties, mid thirties, um, I had to. F- I found ways to regulate myself through self-medication. So cigarettes when I was 12 years old, you know, weed and alcohol when I was in high school, cocaine, sex when I was in college. And then uh, when I was 20 years old, I got diagnosed with bipolar disorder. And I remember feeling so relieved when I got that diagnosis because it made me feel like, oh, a label. Okay, great. There's nothing wrong with me or there is something wrong with me, but at least we can like label it. You know what I mean? At least Mm -hmm. I'm not just going crazy. Although I felt crazy most of the time. And then I made it my mission at the age of 20 to really start to understand my mind because when you're given a mental illness diagnosis at a young age, you can either, you know, say, okay, I'm crazy. Or you can immerse yourself in all things, the mind. And Mm -hmm. that's what I did. I remember going to Barnes and Noble the following weekend and I sat in the mental health section and I, um, I read the, the, the Dow of bipolar and I read, uh, I remember that book, uh, "Bipolar Disorder for Dummies," and I remember reading about that. And then I really started to um, try to understand my mind. So my mental illness diagnosis really set off me wanting to understand my mind, understand my thoughts, understand that vo- the voices in my head, my ego, um, and that that really—I mean—that's really when I took, like, made it my mission. When I was mm-hmm. 20 years old and given that diagnosis, I've always been very curious but I didn't know how to really manage it. And so I self-medicated a lot. And then long story short, I mean, who I am today is someone who knows herself very well. And I still learn many things about myself and what I actually need Mm -hmm. um, to stay regulated. And, you know, I would say the second phase of my life where I really began to know my shadows especially and embrace the shadows and be with the pain was when I got sober the second time, uh, I went to rehab twice in my 30s. After I got divorced, I got into a relationship that just was very unhealthy and led me to you know, become an avid cocaine user uh, five days a week. And so I went to rehab twice. And then in 20 so in 20, um, 2019, I got sober the second time. And during the second time of getting sober, because I'd relapsed the first time, I spent a lot of time with myself. And it was not just you know, going to AA meetings and talking to my sponsor, which was part of it, but it was really, um, I, I made it I like, I just, I made a commitment to never go back to rehab again. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'm never going back to this place again. So what do I need to do? And I remember asking my counselor, Carl, I go, what do I need to do to never come back here again? He goes, I need you to shut the fuck up. Stop thinking that you know everything. Cause you don't, cause if you did, you wouldn't be back here again. And I need you to do what we tell you to do. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay. And so I, I did the work and the work for me looked like not immediately getting right back into my business as a coach and telling people how to live their best lives. Mm -hmm. Like for me, it was really about like, and I, so I was financially supported by my mother, which I'm, I'm very acutely aware of the fact that not everyone has that privilege. So I'm very lucky that I had financial support,
1: um,
0: just to exist. Like it was just like to exist, not to live this lavish life, but like I had a roof over my head and I had my mom just kind of take care of the bare minimum for me. Um, so, and then during that time I... I didn't do much, Sydney. I woke up every day being like, well, what do I do? Like, I'm, I don't have a boyfriend. I don't have drugs and alcohol. I feel like shit. I feel like a loser. I feel useless. What do I do? How do I make myself happy? How do I seek my own joy? You Mm -hmm. know, like, what do I do? And so for me, it really started with the routines and the habits and really getting clear on like, what does Vasavi need in the morning? How does she want to start her day? Um, And so- how did I really get to know myself is that I sat with and sat through the meanest uh, uh, the meanest words that I would speak to myself. And instead of numbing it and reaching for drugs and alcohol over it, I just sat with it. And I really just observed how I talked to myself and how cruel I was to myself. And in doing so, I had a choice, right? I could either relapse again and succumb and reach for a drug and alcohol, or I could sit with myself and be like, Why am I I so mean to myself? Like, am I useless? Am I a loser? Oh, does my worth only come from how much money I make? Does my worth only come from, you know, if I'm out there on social media doing all the things and people Mm -hmm. seeing me, being seen, being seen makes me worthy, you know? So having to sit through that and having to deal with those voices in my head without numbing it and without reaching for drugs and alcohol and relationships and sex is really what got me to where I am today. So what happens And what happened for me is that I never lost my kindness. I never lost my generosity, but I became someone that is unfuckwithable. And what I mean Mm. by that is I have very strict boundaries, not only with others, but with myself. I have boundaries with how I talk to myself and how I treat myself. And so once you give yourself that, you don't allow that from anybody. You don't allow shit from anybody. You know? So I hope that answers your question, but- It does. Oh,
1: thank you for sharing all of that. Really, thank you. You know, there's so many things that you said that I really am struck by, but the one thing I want to start with is when you were talking about sitting in the experience that you were having, sitting in the discomfort, sitting in the, oh my God, what am I going to do? Rather than immediately reaching for something that would be next. And I think we all inherently- have those moments, whether it's your moment after getting sober or it's any form of adversity that someone is facing. When we're in it, it's so uncomfortable. We don't want to sit with it. We want to immediately, you know, move on and move to the next. And I am finding, honestly, especially throughout the last year, the more that you can sit in that moment, the more that you can sit in that sense of discomfort and adversity that's really where the gift is. That's where the joy comes from because the opportunity to get to know yourself, to understand yourself, your triggers, what upsets you, what excites you, and then how you want to move forward. I don't know if we really get those opportunities if we don't allow ourselves to just sit in what we're experiencing. Totally easier said than done, but I think if we can, we can get ourselves to do it, the gift on the other side is so major.
0: It's so major. And oftentimes people with, you know, I have clients too and that, that I'm working with. They're like, well, so like, what do you mean when you say sit with it? I go, yes. I literally just need your, you to plant your ass.
1: I'm like, <laughs> don't your move. your ass down. Just, just be. sit with it.
0: Yeah, because it's like, and so the, the, the image that I like to paint is like, if you had a little child screaming, yelling, crying, feeling sad, would you say here, drink this, here, go smoke a cigarette, here, go eat this food, here, 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 I'm going to feed you because you're crying. I mean, uh, unless they're actually hungry, you know what I mean? Or like, or, hey, you know what I mean? It's like, if you wouldn't, you, you know, you wouldn't stick a phone in front of a young child, be like, here, scroll through Instagram because you're sad. What would you actually do? Mm -hmm. I know what I would actually do is I'm, I'm, I'm a very tender, loving person. People may not actually know this about me. I come off a little harsh and hard, but, uh, you know, I'm I'm very soft. You should see me with my golden retriever. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, it's funny. I often think my my dog is like a symbol for my inner child, and the way I talk to her so sweetly, so soo- like soothingly is, is how I talk to myself mm-hmm. when I'm sad. And I'll be like, um, Vasavi, what's wrong? Are you okay? Tell me what's going on. I I, I lower my tone with myself because before it used to be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, get mm-hmm. it together, Vasavi. Get it. Like I would just kind of be harsh with myself, and I realized that that has gotten me nowhere. That is the voice. That voice has led me down the path of drugs and alcohol and picking toxic partners in my life. So it ain't working. Mm -mm. So we better find another way to talk to ourselves. Yeah. And um, I, I would, I would paint this picture as well for my clients and be like, listen, I literally would have nothing to do all day because I didn't know what to do with myself when I wasn't coaching clients, providing therapy back in the day, because I'm a former therapist, and um, making videos, making money, getting on social, I didn't know what to do with myself. So in those moments of not knowing what to do, I would literally sit and lay on the couch and just look up at the ceiling and just be like, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be okay. So I learned how to soothe myself.
1: Mm -hmm. I was going to say, this is all about self-soothing. It's all about how do you soothe yourself in these moments? And here's the the thing. Most of us were not taught how to self-soothe. Most of us did not have an upbringing where our parents knew how to self-soothe and then they knew how to help us learn to soothe ourselves. I was listening to a podcast a couple of weeks ago and I really want to remember what it is, but I can't remember the name. And they were talking about three different parenting styles and how you know, when your child is crying, what do you do? Do you let the child cry? Or do you go in there and you tell them, it's okay, you don't need to cry. Or do you go in there and you say, You can cry, let it out, express yourself, you know, and I'll come back when you're ready. It's like the way you talk to the child is the way the child learns to talk to themselves, the training that they get So then, when you're an adult and you're facing a moment of adversity or difficulty, or it's just, I don't know how to navigate this. I don't know how to navigate my emotions. You really draw on what you were told at a very young age or what you weren't. It's all about learning to self-soothe, which I don't know about you, but it's hard. Like it is hard to soothe it yourself. Is,
0: it is hard, and you know, one of the things that you said is on the other side of that, there is there is a, a lot available to you. And so, one thing that is when here's the thing: we're looking to people, places, and things to soothe us, mm-hmm. and parent us, and give us the love, and attention, and validation. This is the beautiful thing that happens when you stop valid when you stop invalidating yourself, when you stop minimizing your emotions, when you allow yourself to feel the next time someone says to you, oh, don't feel that way. Oh, this is not a big deal. You're going to be slightly offended. And in a good way, you're going to be like, don't fucking tell yeah. me how to feel. Yeah. I hate when people tell me how to feel or how I should feel. It's like, you are not in my body. You don't have my experience. And before, and, and this is what we, especially as women, what we do is we gaslight ourselves. We're mm-hmm. being gaslit by people all the time because they don't know any better. This is not a, I'm not bashing other people. Nobody knows, nobody knows what the hell they're doing, right? Until you actually start to learn what to give yourself. But so not only are we invalidated as young children or we're told it's not a big deal, don't make a big deal. Then we start to invalidate ourselves. So we gaslight ourselves. It's funny because I was in a relationship with what I think society would deem as like a toxic narcissistic partner and all these things. And that relationship was was the greatest eye opener for me because it showed me how much I invalidated myself, Mm. how much I gaslit myself. And he was just a mirror for all the things that I did for myself. And I didn't know myself enough to realize that he was just doing to me what I already do to myself. Yeah,
1: yeah. Talk about a moment of self-awareness to recognize that mirror in that moment. It's so interesting because I do think our relationships are mirrors for us of either the way we speak to ourselves, the way we treat ourselves, of maybe even on the flip side, how we wish we were treating ourselves. So having that level of self-awareness, I think that's huge. Not all of us have that quite yet of recognizing, wow, this is a mirror and I need to shift it. This is not working.
0: Well, when you can shift it, and first of all, when you can see see that the other person is a mirror, it no longer becomes about them. It, mm. be- it becomes about you. I have a client right now who's talking about one of her relationships with this guy that um, she's kind of going back and forth. In, and she's like, I don't like this about him. And I don't like that about him. And I go, listen, you might hate me for saying this, but which of those qualities in him do you have mm-hmm. that you're not owning or that you're not willing to look at? And so then the conversation doesn't become about him because we have no control over him. Mm-hmm. You cannot control or change another person, but you can control and change yourself. You can. Mm-hmm. And so the way you can use, and I don't want to say use other people as mirrors, but like the way you can cultivate that inner freedom within yourself is when you're triggered by somebody else, don't make it about them. You could say, okay, this person really pissed me off. This person made me angry. First of all, no one can make you. Make you feel any sort of way. That emotion already exists inside of you. Don't give anybody that much control over you. Nobody can make you feel insecure. You're already insecure. Some people might not like this because we want to blame somebody for our feelings. Nobody can make me angry. I have that anger within, and it's been triggered by something that you said, which is something I need to address within myself. Mm. This does not condone other people's behavior. I'm not saying let them off the hook, stay with that abusive partner. What I am saying is, You have no control over that, but you can look at yourself and really ask yourself what's going on. And then once you actually get that level of awareness, then you have a choice. Do I want to Mm -hmm. stay in this or do I want to go? Mm -hmm. Right? You're not, you're nobody's puppet. You're just a puppet to yourself at this point.
1: Mm. What I'm really hearing you say is that ultimately it's about ownership and Mm -hmm. taking ownership of your own experience and the way something is making you feel and recognizing, okay, this is a mirror or this is a trigger. How does it make me feel? And then doing that level of analysis within yourself, which requires us, I think, to take a step back and be able to have enough distance in the moment too, to be able to say, okay, what is... What is it about this person or this situation that is making me feel the way that I feel? What is it about myself—a quality or something I like or dislike—or what is it, you know, bringing up within me that level of ownership? When we can do that with our relationships and conversations, it makes a big difference. But we're not all there yet.
0: It takes time. A- a- absolutely not. Absolutely not. But it—it it, it, for me, Sydney, it's always been about uh, power for me, hmm. and it's and mastery and. Am I absolutely there? Absolutely not. At the current moment when we're recording this, I'm living with my, my parents are living with me right now. My dad got into an accident when they were here visiting. They are here for three months. You best believe all my triggers are like, bing, bing, bing. Like Mm -hmm. I'm noticing everything, but it's a great opportunity once again for me to really be like, what is it about my mother Mm -hmm. that triggers me? Why do i give her so much control what is it about her what belief about myself is being brought to surface by being around her so that's kind of you know we often want to avoid our emotions and want to call it a positive mindset and mm. it's like you know emotional avoidance is not you know you can't call emotional avoidance like have emotional avoidance and then say you have a positive mindset you're avoiding your emotions and so i think um even having my parents live here is making me really see my own, I mean, of course it is. I mean, anytime you're around your family, come on. I mean, but I, I once read this quote, oh, you think you're healed? Go spend a weekend with your parents, you know? And so <laughs> that's kind of where, where I'm at right now. It's easy, to, it's easy to be calm and content when you're by yourself, but what about when you're around the people that trigger you the most? So I'm noticing a lot of things about myself and uh, the beliefs that I hold about myself just being here with my parents, you know? But ultimately it is, everything is an opportunity to look within.
1: I think so too. I want to go back to something else that you talked about earlier, which is about our own innate worthiness. And you had talked really eloquently, I think, about this journey of really recognizing your own self worth and not tying your value, your identity, your worthiness to anything, you know, sort of external to you. I, I really loved what you had to say about that because I think ultimately, as humans, we all want to just be seen for who we are. Mm -hmm. We want to be seen in the world. We want others to see us. We want to be able to see ourselves. And I'm curious, what advice or tips do you give your clients when you work with them about this element around being seen? If it's something they're struggling with, they don't feel comfortable being seen, where do you usually start with people on that journey? Because I think it's, like I said, it's something we all want, but oftentimes putting yourself in that arena of actually being seen Mm -hmm. is uh, some scary stuff.
0: Yeah. So, uh, so there's two parts here, right? So there's the part about being seen on camera, on video, on social media in your business. But even prior to that, it's being seen when nobody, seeing yourself when nobody's watching, right? You, You see yourself behind closed doors. Are you acknowledging yourself and paying attention to yourself and validating yourself and, you know, doing the things that you need to do when nobody's watching? Because see, if you're if you're raising your energy and your vibrational state and you're listening to yourself when nobody's watching and you're feeling good behind closed doors then getting on social media is you don't feel like a fake and a fraud then right like i don't get on social media if i don't feel good hmm. because it feels it feels out of alignment for me it's like if i'm having a shit day this morning i had i had a shit morning this morning sydney i did i had a i had a shit morning I, ate a, I mean, it was just, it was, a, it was a lot for me. And I went to the park, to the dog park. I went for a walk, came home got showered. I feel better. Like I got my energy back. I got yeah. back in alignment and I, and I usually in the morning get on social media and I'm always, you know what I mean? But I wasn't feeling it. I wasn't. So why would I, when, if I'm not in alignment energetically behind closed doors, why would I then get on social media and smile for the camera? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do that. That's fake for me. That, that feels out of alignment. So one of the things that I say to my clients is like, do the things that make you see that are, that are an embodiment of you seeing yourself. Is it movement? Is it hydration? Is it meditation? Is it self-talk? It's all the things, by the way, is it boundaries? Is it, um, allowing yourself to change your mind? Like, is it is it dressing like a million bucks like feeling really good you know taking a nice shower see yourself see mm-hmm. yourself behind closed doors because when you see yourself and really acknowledge who you are getting on social media is just a byproduct mm-hmm. then you're not like oh i'm shy i don't want to get on social media dude if you're feeling good and you're feeling yourself and you're feeling like you 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 see yourself getting on social media is just like it's it's it, it's not even a thing anymore, right? Yeah. But it, that's yeah. why the work—the work—is behind closed doors. The reason why I can show up, and a lot of the people that join my membership community, or they want to work with me one-on-one, um, they see me on video, and they're like, "I want to be myself. I want to be—I I, want—I want to be myself in my business." I go, "Well, then, who are you? Like, you have to know yourself first for you to be confident in who that is, and be confident in who you are. And then, getting on social media is just—it's just a byproduct of that." You yeah. know what I mean? But that's why you got to cultivate that relationship with yourself. See yourself. Where are you ignoring your needs, wants, and desires? Where are you invalidating your dreams and desires? Where are you settling in your mm-hmm. life? How are you talking to yourself when you're having a shit day? Right. When I had a shit day shit morning, I said to myself, I was my, I was like a gentle, but firm mother to myself. And I go, you need to get it together, Voss. We need to get outside. We need to be in nature. You need to be standing outside. You need to be walking outside. Let's get out of here. Mm-hmm. You know, because I, I'm not even going to lie to your audience. It's been rough having my parents live with me. It's not easy. It's it's not yeah. easy for reasons that I don't want to. I think anyone who has ever grown up in a house where you know either one of their parents are kind of emotionally unstable would understand this. You know, it's it's difficult. Um, but that's what I did. I got myself out of the situation. I became my own hero. I protected myself. I became the I became the uh, supportive mother that I didn't have and needed to get me out of the situation. So yeah. you got to see yourself. You got to see what you need, and you got to give it to yourself.
1: Hmm. I love this idea of becoming visible to yourself first, getting mm-hmm. to know yourself first. So before you can allow yourself to be seen by others, you really need to see yourself. Mm-hmm. Seeing yourself, though, means seeing all of you, the good and what we might feel is the bad, the highs and what we might feel like are the lows. And it goes back to the very beginning of our conversation of being able to sit where you are right now and just allowing yourself to be there. Now, that doesn't mean, you know, if there's something about yourself that you want to change, you just leave it alone. I think that's where personal development comes in, and this constant growth. And part of growth is understanding yourself. But I love this idea that to be seen by others, to allow yourself to be visible, by others. You really need to start with yourself. I love that.
0: Plain and simple. Yeah, yeah. it's That's why it's so hard to be seen by others because you don't see yourself. You don't see how beautiful you are. You also haven't owned all your shit. And so you're afraid of being exposed, but expose yourself to yourself. Confront mm-hmm. yourself first. And when you come, it's, it's like that scene in 8 Mile, and I always use this, <laughs> but I'm going to say it again, in 8 Mile with Eminem, At the very end, the last scene, they're doing that rap battle. And the guy that Eminem is competing with is like saying all this stuff about Eminem or whatever. And then Eminem says, you know what? Yeah, I grew up in a trailer park. Yeah, I'm white trash. Yeah, my mom is this and that. Tell me something I don't already know about myself. Mm -hmm. And so, see, you can't tell me something that I don't already know about myself. You can tell me, Voss, you're amazing. I already know that. You may say, Voss, sometimes you're a little harsh. I already know that. Sometimes you can be a little aggressive. I know that too. Sometimes you come off as arrogant. I get that. You can't tell me something that I don't already know about myself. Mm. And when you get to that place where you know yourself so well, nobody can fuck with you. Mm. And when nobody can fuck with you, you have absolutely nothing getting in the way of you being seen.
1: It's like there are no surprises. Are no, yeah, <laughs> you know what, what you, I mean? What you see is what you get. This is what you get. There are no surprises. And yeah. you you know, can't tell me anything new that I don't already know about oh, myself. Yeah. Because I think what happens is, is when someone says something to us that feels hurtful or critical, and if it, for me at least, when it hits me really hard, it feels like I'm hearing it for the first time. And then I have moments where I take a step back and I really think about what was just said to me. And I realize, oh yeah, that is me. Oh yeah, that is something that I do. And so rather than deny it, I've got to embrace it and understand it and then make a decision from there. Do I like mm-hmm. that being that way? Do I like making other, other people feel that way? And if not, okay, then I need to work on shifting it. But yeah, I love this idea of like, I already know all this about myself, so you can't tell me anything new. So for a lot of us, we're just still learning that and integrating that. I think that's a really, I love what you shared. I think everyone has to go watch that scene in that movie.
0: The whole movie. And I want to say something that um, about if, if someone calls you out on something and it hits home, you also, here's another thing. If you don't know yourself, then someone could say something to you and you can just take it as gospel. Oh, yeah. So like, if I didn't know myself, and you called me selfish, I might be like, no, I'm not. I'm not selfish. But I know myself. And I know that I'm extremely selfish. I do put myself first all the time. So if you call me selfish, I'm not offended by that, because I am selfish. And I know Mm -hmm. that. So also, this is why it's so important that you know yourself, because We have so many women in toxic relationships with partners who are telling them who who they are, what they can do, what they can't do. And because you have zero to none, no sense of identity, you are allowing the people in your life to define who you are to you. And if you do not know yourself and you do not define yourself and, and understand yourself and know yourself, someone else is going to tell you who you are and you're going to believe it.
1: Mm-hmm. This is a really good point. You know, it's making me think about this. You know, I think the bottom layer here is getting to know yourself. And then That's once cool. you've gotten to know yourself, then it's about learning to love yourself. Yeah. And I would even take that I'm as not step. sure I understand. Oh, Siri thinks I'm talking to her. Clearly, that was like my watch things I'm talking Siri about. Siri wants your attention. Siri wants to be part of the conversation. But I think even before loving yourself, it's about learning to like yourself. And oh, so yeah. many of us don't even know how to do that quite yet. So I love what you said. It's about not taking what someone else says as gospel, but you really need to know yourself in order to do that. And then the step above that, I think, is really learning to like yourself so that you can really embrace you know, who you are through your journey. Because I'm so curious— before you even learn to love yourself, how did you learn to like yourself? What were, like, I don't know if the word is coping mechanisms or what were things that you turned to, especially after you were in rehab the second time and you have been sober, what has helped you to, you know, I think continue to flex, I don't know what I'm doing with my arms, but flex, you know, these like, like self-like muscles, I think, you know, to begin to, I think, honor yourself and and be present in, in the way that I think you wanna be.
0: It's funny. I, the, the thing that comes to mind, there are a bunch of things. I really like how I give zero fucks about it's like the, it, it, it's even the little thing, Sydney, like I can jam to some 90s hip hop and 90s reggae. I'm an East Coast girl. And I just sit in my car and have my windows down. Have a nice car, put the sunroof, and listen to music and just dance. And I just loved, I love, mm. and I like the way I move. And I just, I just, I'm so feeling myself. It me liking myself really started with just like being okay with my body and how mm. I move. And but I'll tell you what what I what I like the most about myself. I really like how I treat people. Mm-hmm. I especially people that can't do shit for me. I'm gonna be honest with you. Like, I'm the thing that I pride myself on is how I treat somebody that cannot do anything for me. So when I'm at a red light and we have a lot of homelessness now in Austin, it's, it's, it's really grown and it's, it's sad when I'm at a red light and I see a homeless person and I don't have cash or change because I don't carry cash or change, but I'll always roll down the window and I'll always ask him or her, how are you doing? I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry. You're going through this. I hope you have a great day. I have a conversation. I like that about myself. I like that. That's how I treat people. So it's twofold for me. What I, what, the things that I do to like myself is, you know, how, how I treat other people and how I treat myself. Period. But for me, I think the thing that has really helped me is to start to look at those things about myself that I've taken for granted. Mm. Things that just are so effortless, like acknowledging a homeless person on the street. Not everybody does that. I make it a point to do that. Um, And I like that about myself. So it's like starting to look at the things that I do that only I do, or like, not that only I do, but like, just look at the way that I flow. I look at the way that I flow through life, how, you know, from the time that I get up, how I am and how I just move. I like the way I move. Like, Mm -hmm. I like the way I flow through life. And but I'm also very structured, and I and I and, and all the things that I hated about myself, basically. Oh, I hate that I need an hour to wake up in the morning. <laughs> I don't hate that about myself. I like that about myself. It gets me in a right state of mind before I can get out there and help everyone else. yeah, I, I like that I can just sit in silence and zone off for 30 minutes. And i just, I, I'm not bothered by anyone. I like how I get dressed in the morning and all the things like, oh my God, I wish I could just make up my mind. And it's like, no, I like that I <laughs> take my time to pick my outfit and put myself together because I want to feel like a million bucks. All the things that I used to get annoyed about with me, I like those things because that really is just an expression of myself. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So I would say start looking at all the things in your life that you berate yourself about or you're like, I should be doing this faster. Why? Whose voice is that? Like, stop, stop rushing yourself. You know, look at the way you do things. Look at those little, little weird things that you do. Those little quirks. I do the weirdest shit. And I'm just like, oh my God, if anyone's, I would never do this in front of anybody else. (laughs) But I'm like, I love that about myself because that's just Mm -hmm. me. I don't, are you going to be a stranger to yourself? My thing is I don't want to be a stranger to myself. Mm. That's my worst fear is to, be a, is to be a stranger to myself. So it's like I, you know, I think oftentimes why we stay in relationships is because we don't want to be lonely, right? Mm-hmm. But my mother said this to me, she goes, you can never be by yourself when you're with yourself. And I really love that mm-hmm. because I can be alone, literally physically alone, but I never feel lonely because yeah. I'm with yeah. me. I'm with me. And I want everyone listening to get to that point. And if you're already at that point, great. But I want you to be able to just sit in a room with yourself and not need anything because
1: you've got you. Don't be a stranger to yourself. That that is so good though. It is so good though. Because the truth is I I wish I wish we were in front of a lot of people right now. And I would say, okay, how many people have had this moment where you are moving so quickly? You're on autopilot. And then you catch yourself like a glimpse of yourself in the mirror and you go, wait, who is that? What Mm -hmm. am I doing? Why am I moving so quickly? Why am I putting so much pressure on myself? Because in those moments, you often become a stranger to yourself because you are just trying to survive truthfully. You're just trying to tread water and stay above above water, truthfully. So I love this idea of don't be a stranger to yourself.
0: I would say to everyone listening right now is, you know, I have multiple mirrors in the house and you can call me vain or whatever you want, but I always <laughs> stop, look in the mirror. I check in with myself. I stare mm. at myself in the mirror and I go, how are you doing? And sometimes I do kiss myself in the mirror. I'm not going to lie. I go, <laughs> I kiss myself. I give myself a kiss. I'm weird like that. Like I actually have a, I have a reel on my Instagram where like, um, uh, at, uh, my name is Vasavi is my Instagram handle. And I did did a reel while I'm like talking to myself in the mirror. And it's like, I talk to myself in the mirror. That is a huge, that's huge growth for me Mm -hmm. to be able to look at myself in the mirror because during my addiction, I, uh, I used to go to the bathroom and take a shower and, uh, with the lights off because I was so ashamed and I felt so dirty. And so for me, it's very important. Every reflection, I look at Mm -hmm. every reflection. I look at the mirror because I never want to be ashamed of my reflection and I want Mm. to look at myself. I'm all I've got. So I I, I better fucking love myself. You know what I mean? Or at least like
1: myself. Yes. The healing though that comes from that moment of being able to look at yourself in the mirror. I have had those moments too. I remember it had to be at least 10 years ago and I was really – struggling with self-love and my own inner voice. And the anger I had towards myself was unbelievable. And Mm -hmm. my therapist at the time, she said, I just want you to look in the mirror for 30 seconds, Mm -hmm. just 30 seconds. And I said, I am not doing that. That is so freaking weird. But I did it. And it made me so uncomfortable. And it made me realize, oh, there's some work here to do about, you know, learning to love myself, be comfortable with myself uh, and not feel shame around the way I either felt I looked or the way I just felt about myself, period. So I love this story about kissing yourself in the mirror, looking at yourself in the mirror and just honoring yourself in that moment. I think that is so huge. So, so huge. It makes a big difference once you kind of build up the muscle to do it, because it does take some time.
0: It's, it's very interesting what comes up for us when we stare at ourselves in the mirror, you know, not every day is going to be, oh, I'm amazing. I love myself. I mean, when I lose my temper and I look in the mirror, I actually have nothing but compassion. I'm like, why are you so angry? Why, Mm -hmm. you know, anger, anger has been one emotion for me. It's not a bad emotion at all, but it often takes over me when I I lose my temper and I've worked on that. So I'm just not, I don't get more angry with myself when I get angry. I'm just like, what do you need?
1: Mm -hmm. What do you need? What What do you you need need?
0: right now? It's like I just need a fucking hug. Hmm. Can I just can I get a hug? Can I get like an arm around me, please? You know, and it's like it and it's you learn to be creative when you're single. Because I'm single. Like you learn to. And my my um actually one of my girlfriends, Amanda Kuda you should go ahead and follow her too she's amazing she taught me the self-soothing technique where you just literally go like this and it's the best thing in the world just to close your eyes and just soothe mm. yourself like that i know we're going to be on video so you know for everyone listening to this go to your obviously your youtube channel <laughs> yeah. and I'm like hugging myself yeah
1: she's literally hugging herself guys and, and it. it looks so soothing it really really it does soothing. you know i have really enjoyed sitting down with you and having this conversation and my biggest takeaway so far has been you will all, we will all go through moments of adversity. Things will happen. You'll have the highest highs, the lowest lows. You know, I think what's so interesting in your case, you had addiction, recovery, divorce, um, a toxic relationship. You have your family, you have your journey with yourself, but through it all, because of your spirit and your choice, you haven't allowed it to break your own love of self or your own like of self. self. You might've had moments when you had that. We all do, but ultimately you just, you made the decision to return to that space of how can I honor Vasavi? How can I continue to love Vasavi? I think that's major because for a lot of us, you know, we make what we feel is a wrong turn. We hit rock bottom. We have adversity. And then we feel like, that level of self-love or self-like is just not possible for us. But the truth is and I think your journey really speaks to it. It really it really is possible to continue on that journey towards greater self-love, self-like, self-compassion, self-appreciation and a little bit of joy maybe through it too.
0: Absolutely. You you summed that up beautifully and I really appre- I I it's so inter- <laughs> it's so nice to hear it back from somebody else. Hmm. That's all we really want. We just want to be seen. But you Mm got to see yourself first. You have
1: to see yourself first. I'm curious, because we are on the Seek the Joy podcast. I'm curious, you know, what has your journey with joy been like, you know, maybe since Rehab the second time, I feel like because in this period, it sounds like this is really where you've gotten to know yourself, really where you've gotten to like yourself, honor yourself. know that there are imperfections, but hey, that's me, and i'm 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 cool with it. You know what I mean? So what role has joy kind of played throughout this journey?
0: I didn't think I was going to answer this way, but I feel compelled to answer this way mm-hmm. sydney, i don't I don't seek joy. i don't i don't I don't seek anything. Mm. It, it sounds weird, like I don't seek happiness. I don't seek joy. I don't seek peace. I just, for me, it's like, I don't know, when I feel really connected to myself, all of that is there. Mm -hmm. So I don't have to seek it.
1: It's present within. Yes. That's
0: the best best way to say it. It's present. It's already there. I don't need to seek it. It's already there. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's not seeking, it's not seeking out there. It's just acknowledging that it already exists. Mm -hmm. However, I will say that I think it's in this journey, on this journey, you got to know what ignites that inside of you. Yes. nature, when I just feel it's sunny, but I feel a breeze, that is joy Mm. for me.
1: I love that. that. Yeah, that is joy. I am someone that really believes joy is something that's within, and you have the opportunity when you're ready to tap into it. So for me, part of this joy-seeking journey has been about knowing and validating for myself that joy, uh love, compassion, anything else in between, acceptance, um it's all within. And it's just about learning and knowing, knowing that and then being able to tap in, I think, when you're ready. So I love what you what you yes. just shared. I'm curious too, have you had a affirmation, quote, mantra, something that you've held on to that's maybe kept you steady or or helped you to remember um your own self-love or own self-compassion throughout, throughout this journey?
0: Wait, I do, hold on. <laughs> I have two things. The first is, you got this. I love that. Oh. I always tell myself, you got this. And I actually found this like made at Home Goods. So I was like going to a-
1: ask you. So, for everyone that's um, listening, Vasavi just pulled up a, it's like a little, it's like looks like Scrabble pieces, yeah. right? Yeah. On like a wooden yeah. board. And it says, you yeah. got this. I was going to ask if you made it because it looks so great.
0: No, it was, it was <laughs> divine. I went to Home Goods and I had it. I'm like, oh my God. I say, I always say to myself, Vas, you got this. I talked to myself in third person. It was the there other, for you. Yes, it was there for me. And the other thing that I always say to myself is, I'm going to be okay. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: It's okay. I'm going to be okay. And when I say it's not a big deal, I'm not minimizing it, but it's like, like I I say that to regulate myself and not explode and go from zero to a hundred. It's not a big deal. Don't let it get the best of you. You're going to be okay. And so it's like my way. I I mean, it's not a big deal can come off as very dismissive, but I know the intention behind Mm -hmm. it. When I say to myself, It's not a big deal. It's, it's me soothing myself. Like I'm okay. If anyone else were to tell me it's not a big deal, I would pop off, but I'm telling you. Yeah. Yeah. So I, when I say that to myself, it's my way of being like, don't let it get the best of you. Don't go from zero to a hundred. You're okay. We're okay. Like, yeah. So it's about,
1: I think, bringing it down to size for yourself in the moment. Right. So it doesn't feel so much larger because here's the thing. When something hits you in a way that it's upsetting or it, it triggers something, it feels like the biggest thing ever. Like I've had so many moments like this in the last month where everything just feels so large because I feel so vulnerable, especially with, you know, the you and I are recording in May, this will come out a little bit later this summer, but like the world is opening up and everything to me feels like, oh my God, like how is this going to be? So everything feels so much bigger. So I'm constantly telling myself, it's not that big you got this. Yeah. We, we can handle this. You Maybe. have been here before. You've actually experienced what might feel like much worse. You can navigate this. So even when I feel like I can't, I tell myself, you can navigate this. You have the tools. So I love it. It's not about dismissing your experience. It's about regulating yourself. It's about soothing yourself in that moment.
0: Yep. Well, when you know yourself, what you're going to realize is that you're a lot more capable than you've given yourself credit for.
1: Amen to that. Amen to that. I want to ask you the question I ask everyone that comes on the podcast, uh, and that is, what is your biggest dream?
0: Oh wow! Um, I'm silent. I <laughs> give you a moment here. Um, I want to. I don't want to die with regret. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so what that looks like for me is that every single thing that I say I want to do, it will be done. So, you know, having a, having a thousand members in my membership community, having my book published, um, being completely financially free to do what I want when I want, um, being unapologetic about being ambitious because I'm ambitious for ambitious sake and, and never apologizing. And ultimately knowing that, I gave myself a fair fighting chance at being the person that I know I was born to be.
1: Mm. No regrets. No yeah. regrets. Thank you for sharing that. I have loved having this conversation with you. Really, I have loved it. I think this journey inward, getting to know yourself, getting learning to love yourself, learning to like yourself, and learning how to see yourself for all of who you are is such it's the best journey we'll ever take. Truly. It's really the, it's, it's in a, you know what? Yes. And it can be fun. It should be fun. It doesn't have to be this big, serious thing because through trial and error is how you learn anyway. And so might as well have fun while you're figuring it all out.
0: Life is way too short. Well, I mean, also life is long. So, you know, it's, it's really up to you. Like I'm, I'm going to be around for a very long time. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to make the best of it. I I never like to think like, yes, we know life is short, but like, I don't, I don't want to think that. I'm like, no. my life is long. I want no. to enjoy every day. Yeah.
1: Mm, I love this. Where can everybody find you? Connect, learn more, tune into your podcast, all of the things.
0: All the things. So vasavikumar.com for all things Vasavi Kumar, And uh, on social media, I love Instagram. So just go to my name is Vasavi and the podcast is Being Human with Vasavi.
1: Everything is gonna go in the show notes. We'll also link my episode on your podcast uh, when it comes out so everybody can tune in. And Vasavi, thank you for this conversation. I have, like I said, I really have enjoyed it. I think this idea of learning to sit with yourself where you are right now and then building upon that to learning to love yourself and be okay with yourself. It's a huge, it's huge, it's huge. So thank you. This has been so much fun.
0: Thanks, Sydney, for having me on.
1: Seek the Joy podcast is a production of Seek the Joy Media and created, produced, and hosted by me, Sydney Weiss. You can tune into all of our episodes on your favorite podcast platform. And if you're enjoying the show, hit follow and leave us a five-star rating and review. Make sure to join the community. Join the conversation on our social media channels, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. We are at Seek the Joy Podcast everywhere. And don't forget, you can actually watch today's new episode and all of our episodes on our brand new YouTube channel. Click that link in the show notes to subscribe and tune in. As always, thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. And I'll see you right back here next week for another Seek the Joy Tuesday.